Hey guys, welcome back to the Donis Brothers channel. My name is Kerwin. And my name is Kenneth Donis. This is Jeffrey. And we are the Donis Brothers. And today we are talking about how to get your first real estate uh, rental property. But first, how y'all doing today? Doing good. Um, been better, but... Yeah, Jeffrey's stressing about something. I feel something. great. I feel great. <laughs> I feel great. Jeffrey's always stressing. Um, yeah, never better. But we're here. We're here to show you guys some value and Jeffrey's going to pour it into you guys as well. So yeah, today, uh, for starting out, we want to kind of just briefly define what is a rental property and it can look different depending on the type of uh, unit class or, or should I uh, ask, like, what is it multifamily versus single family? But in general, what is a rental property, guys? Um, well, simply put, it's something that you own and perhaps rent out to someone that's living there and they're paying you a certain amount monthly. Um, and they could be there on different types of yeah. leases or terms. It could be like a annual term, uh, monthly basis. Just depends on what you sign and what you agree to. So true or false, you can't live in a property you're renting out. You guys explain what, what, what how that's false. Uh, well, if you're living in the house and say you're like the only person, like, or you're the only owner, but you uh, have like a two bedroom or a three bedroom, you could rent out the other rooms to your friends or other people in the area and house hack it. Um, and that way, if you have debt on it, you obviously may have to have a, make a payment every month. Two of them, two of the rental income that you're getting from the two units could pay the that and more and you can actually make money yep. rather than having to just spend money on that yeah and you're also saving money because let's say they're covering your living expenses then you're pretty much living for free and maybe even cash flowing if there's some leftover after that right yep exactly awesome awesome so in general what are uh, some of the benefits of having a rental property i think it's probably common sense i mean if you clicked on this this then you probably already are aware of some of them but i can start out you cash flow if you buy right then you're going to be making every month the difference between what the renter is paying you and the expenses you uh, you take for running the property, operating it, and if you have debt on it, you have to pay that as well. But what are some other benefits of, of yeah. having a rental property? You get tax depreciation benefits, so you can potentially save money on taxes. Um, yeah. Yeah, you pretty much get, like, it's just like owning any piece of real, or most pieces of real estate. You get the tax benefits, like Kenneth said, if mm -hmm. you can qualify as a tax professional, um, that's something that you talk to your CPA about. Um, also, you have the ability and or potential to get either forced appreciation if you're doing work to it or um, just natural appreciation over time. Real estate typically does go up in value. Um, we also get a, to hedge against inflation, especially during these times. Um, very uncertain in regards to what the economy is doing and inflation and also mm -hmm. real estate hedges against it, meaning that if the, the price of the dollar and or uh, our currency, the U.S. dollar goes down, um, that'll mean that you'll need more money to buy the same house that you could have bought for a hundred grand 10 years ago. Um, as that price goes up, so does the value because they're correlated, right? So, um, or not correlated, may never be the right word, but they pretty much go up together. Mm -hmm. So, uh, that's how it's a hedge against inflation as well. And these are all benefits that you get as a real estate investor. Yeah. And, and it's awesome to have a rental property. We encourage anyone, you know, we're not, we're not giving financial advice, but it's always a good idea to get into real estate, but there is, are some things to consider. For starters, when you're working with a rental property and you're looking to get one, you have to understand, yes, you're making cash flow, but I wouldn't say it's passive income because it does involve, to some extent, active involvement. Mm -hmm. You'll have to be working and you guys want to chime in on maybe, we don't have to go into any ex personal experiences yet because I want to dive into that, but what are some uh, tasks or roles that a property owner, real estate investor will have to you know, fulfill when they're operating or overseeing a rental property, even if they aren't managing it themselves? Yeah, I mean, even if you have a like, even, let's say you don't have a property management company, um, you're gonna have you're gonna have to be the one to find a resident to live there. 
um, which means that you're going to have to qualify them, take phone calls, walk properties, walk the property with them to show it to them. Um, and if say that takes a few people because not the first one may not be interested in it, then that takes time, energy. Um, also, every single time that one of those residents moves out, someone has to clean it, so you're going to have to pay for that or do it yourself. Um, also, any repairs, you either pay someone to do that or you do it yourself, but either way, that's going to take time or money. Um, also, headaches, so like say that you're in the middle of the night and if you don't have a property management company and or something breaks on a weekend and it's a holiday mm-hmm. uh, and they call you and say, my water isn't on, well, that's a problem you're going to have to deal with. Now, there are benefits to having a property management company, which I don't know if you want me to... Or yeah, you can briefly touch on that if you want. Yeah, so what a property management company is, is just you hiring a typically a third-party company that uh, specializes in managing uh, real estate, rental real estate. So they're typically like going to do all the things I just said for you, but you pay them um, out, out of the income that you're producing from that rental. They get a piece of it for managing it. And what they typically will do is handle the leases. Uh, if you have to evict someone, sometimes they'll handle that as well. Um, we do the same thing with our multifamily properties. We have property management companies that deal with all that, but at the same time, it's not like a complete handoff thing. Mm-hmm. I think you do want to have like some type of uh, follow up or, or some oversight. Type of, yeah, oversight with your property management companies so that you make sure that they're doing the, the best job that they can. Because at the end of the day, it's your property, not theirs, and you're going to have your best interest in mind. They may not, so you just want to make sure you're yeah. on top. Kenny, of that. what does that look like overseeing a property management company? Like, what are some things that you might, that might look, what would that look like in terms of tasks and for the real estate investor? Well, uh, I guess just making sure that they're you know filling up the units on time, um, making sure that you know if there's repairs that need to be done, that they're being done on like a at a timely manner. Um, obviously mm-hmm. that they're keeping track of payment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if they're also, you know, if the, if the tenant is not paying, making sure that they're, you know, in a timely manner filing for eviction and things yeah. of that nature, you know? Yeah. And also, you know, if, if you have a property management company, you still might have to approve of major purchases and things like that if it's above a certain amount. Um, and also you might have to come out of pocket if it's a major expense. So things like that involve, you know, you're still on the line for when it comes to managing and maintaining a rental property. Um, now, dealing with tenants, kind of mentioned it, but that's another big part of being a real estate investor and having a rental property. Um, even if you do background checks and do your due diligence on a tenant to kind of just make sure that it's the right fit for your property and the kind of person you'd want living there, why is that still a risk? And what are some things that can still happen even if you've tried to do your homework? P- people are people. I mean, you know, you can, you know, you don't really know who the person is, you know, and, and people can either change, you know, they might not be as clean. They might be not, you know, they might not tell the truth. You know, they might have pets, they might throw parties, you know, they might just smoke, you know, do drugs or, or whatever. Right. They're just people. So, yeah. um, you know, people are, are, I'd say a little, some people are, at least most people are inconsistent. So you just never know what'll happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also like, let's say that there are really good and you become really good friends with them. That makes it harder when let's say you're, I mean, you're running a business typically when you're doing rental real estate, um, you're trying to obviously make a profit and as big of a profit as you can. Now, you know, maybe not everyone operates that way, but a lot of people do. Uh, and let's say it's time to like the market has just changed and it comes up for the next time, you know, your their, their lease is over and you're really good friends with this person. Uh, it's going to be a little awkward when you're trying to raise rents because they're like, they might take it personally. Yeah, you know? they really will. And that's why it's, it can be good to have a property management company kind of take care of that for you. Cause then they're the, the middleman and they can kind of do it. So like they're the bad guy if they do it, mm-hmm. you know, they won't blame you. Um, yeah. but let's tell, let's tell them about 
what happened with us in our last rental and um, just to kind of explain, maybe walk them through what happened with the resident that was in our property and just to kind of paint the picture of what it, it can be like to have a renter. The, 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 the tenant that we had just stopped paying for a month and then, he, well, first he was late. He was starting to become late every single month and it was just re- repeated pre- pretty much every single month. And we did our background check on him and, and can you kind of touch on that yeah. too? Yeah, uh, you know, we made sure that he was, you know, background check and we also made sure that he could uh, afford um, living there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so he was late and then he just didn't pay uh, last year, I think November. And he didn't pay December, and then he didn't pay January, and we eventually had to go through the eviction process, get him out, and he just pretty much destroyed the place. Yeah. Um. I mean, it wasn't like it wasn't that bad. That bad, but he, make it, it seem like, like he burned it down or not. Something. So like, I mean, there was yeah. just a lot of trash. There was holes in the wall. Um. It was very it's dirty stuff. He left his meat on the <laughs> <laughs> like cooking think, meat. You know, he was obviously out in a in a hurry. Yeah, he left so. his meat on the. <laughs> he left groceries all over. Wait, the wait, counter. what kind of meat? It was, it was like just like and it stuff, was like you and me come back from the grocery store and, yeah. and like out of nowhere, our fresh meat we just leave out. <laughs> we gotta put it in the fridge. Yeah, he had a lot of food in the fridge okay. too. Um, but yeah, it was just yeah, not obviously not well taken care of. Yeah. And if so. you if you have to evict a tenant, you have to pay for the attorney fees. And like Kenny said, we have to. Uh, not only are we not making rental income that month, but we're also having to cover the debt if there's debt. So that's coming out of our pocket, uh, and that's something that people might not t- tell you about. If having a rental, a rental, it, it's not always pretty. And even the best of tenants that maybe have the best on paper uh, track record and, and like they look really good on paper, they might still kind of turn on you, and you have to deal with that. So that's just a reality you have to face. And this can eat into your cash flow. We experienced that firsthand. Um, now, let's get into the good stuff. So that's just a preface of like, you know, disclaimers. This is what the reality of it can be. It's still worth it if you want to. We know a lot of people that make a lot of money. You can't, there was a guy we know um, or we heard about that has, I don't remember how many single family units he had, but how many? I think 5,000. Yeah, so we came across, apparently there's a man that, a real estate investor that has 5,000 single family units and I'm sure he's making great cash flow there. And I don't even want to know how he's managing them. But point is, it's possible to be really successful in the single family space. And, you know, if that guy can do it, I'm sure you can as well. So that's just proof that it is possible. But starting out, you might have questions about financing. We did another video on that. But in general, there's different ways to fund your property. You can get private lending uh, or find a JV partner. Jeffrey, can you just briefly explain on what that is really, really quick? Yeah, um, well, JV, just joint venture, when you partner with someone, typically, like, it could be any type of percentage, it could be 50-50, 60-40, depending on how you write it up, Um, but typically, like, let's say that you don't have any money, and what I think Carmen's referencing Mm -hmm. is, you may do all the work, you may be the one, like, doing all the physical labor and or day-to-day work, and someone might just front all the money, so that's what they're doing, and half, their, their part of the deal is just actually providing the funds, and you may be the one actually doing all the active investing, if that makes sense. Yep. And private lenders, of course, you know, like you said, they can bring the money and you can find the deal. So if if you have a deal, but you don't have the way to buy it, you can find someone typically at a networking event or even like biggerpockets.com, Instagram. You can really just find these private lenders anywhere. A lot of times they want to see you have some experience. It depends on the private lender. Um, And if they, if you build a personal relationship with them, I mean, like you're a young investor, maybe, or new investor, take them out to coffee, get to know them. And if you develop a relationship with them and they learn to trust you, they might be willing to you know, take a bet on you. And of course, if they have the experience and they can even mentor you through it. So it's a good yep. opportunity. Can you guys just expand on 
the the one flip that we did that we uh, had essentially a private lender help us out. Yeah, um, so we found a deal. We got it under contract at fifty five thousand, I think. And the private lender we had, he was a cash buyer of ours, and he had a few flips going on at the moment. And you know, we were gonna wholesale the property to him, and he said, hey, instead of wholesaling it to me. How about I pay for the purchase and the rehab budget, and then we split the profits on the end, but you manage everything. So that was a, a good, um, I guess, a good opportunity, for, opportunity us. for us, of course, but also a good example. Basically, you know, he funded the 55K, and I think we spent mm -hmm. 35 in rehab and then sold for 135 or something. Absolutely. Like that. And so that's one option. You can find a private lender or a JV partner. That was an example of a JV, uh, JV deal right there. Um, you can also get bank financing. We're not like really, we, I don't think we've ever taken out traditional bank financing for a single family property, but uh, I did a quick research just in case you guys can, this is all public information, but if you need to know, down payments typically range from 20 to 25% um, on these on these type of loans and interest payments, sorry, interest rates right now are changing very rapidly. So by the time I, I, we release this episode, it might even be, have changed by then. So it's not even worth me mentioning what they're at right now. But uh, good credit scores, typically 720 plus, are, are, will help you get good loan terms. And that's, of course, important because the lower your interest rate and the better your terms, the more you can cash flow. And no, or if you're if you're buying a rental or the more you can profit if you're flipping. But this episode's about rentals and, and actual long-term holds. Um, and you also might need up to six months of mortgage payments in savings, depending on the, the lender, um, in order to even qualify. So that's good to know. That might be a good reason to find someone who has the money if you don't. And, I, I, I you know, it, it can be easy to tell yourself, oh, I don't have the money. It's not an option for me. I can't I can't get into real estate. That's not true. You just have to know the information, know what you need, and then go out and find somebody that has that because you can JV. You might have to give up some equity, but if you have an abundance mindset and are willing to share with someone, it can totally be worth it because you can just get your foot in the door and get your track record started. Do you guys agree? Yep. Yeah. And I would also say, uh, I mean, you can also do FHA and like they mentioned, you know, live in it, you know, three and a half percent down. Um, they're a little bit more flexible. So, you know, I think you can have a little bit lower of a credit score and then obviously uh, less income. But majority of bank um, bank loans, you need to have a W2, W2 or at least a, be able to show proof of income. So that's the only, uh, I guess, negative about mm -hmm. bank loans. Yeah. Now. We've talked about these other two strategies before, but since we're talking about how to get your first rental on this, in this episode, we can briefly touch on how we got our first rentals. Uh, creative financing was seller financing and subject to. Just really briefly, can you guys explain on those two deals how we did it? And you guys can take take turns. Yeah, I can do the seller financing as I always do. Uh, <laughs> um, so pretty much when we had, uh, we were just cold calling like we always did and we generated leads. Um, we started learning different types of strategies to acquire properties because we learned about creative financing through mm -hmm. YouTube, just like we did with wholesaling. Um, so we were like, well, if we can't wholesale it, maybe we can get it on terms. So what we said was, hey, Mr. Seller, um, I know you're looking for, let's say, 100 grand. We can't pay that cash, but we might be able to do that on terms. Uh, would that be something that you'd be interested in? And they would say, well, I'm not sure what that is. And then I would say, yeah, well, we would pretty much be making payments to you, let's say, over 20 years. Um, and until we pay it off in full uh, and they would say, Oh, okay, well, yeah, eventually, obviously that's not how it went, but like that's in theory, um, we would then negotiate the terms, which would include the interest rate as well as a down payment. Mm -hmm. Um, and if possible, we wanted no interest and no down payment, um, at whatever price they wanted, as long as we could cash flow. Now that was the whole point. We'd give them their price on our terms. Um, so the point of what we, why we would do that is because say that you can agree on a payment, 
as long as I know I can rent it for more than that, where I'm cash flowing a, a, a certain amount that makes me happy, uh, I'll do that deal. And that's what we did on one deal. Mm. Um, I don't remember the exact numbers. Kenneth, you might remember exactly what the terms were, but uh, we ended up cash flowing like $200 uh, a month on that. And we were able to lease option on, on the back end. And um, when we got it on seller financing terms, and I do know that I don't remember the purchase price, but I do know we got it at 0% interest rate and zero down payment. Yeah, so we won't dive into like all of the minutiae and details, but yeah. Kenneth, uh, subject to is just basically when you take over the existing finance, meaning um, you buy a property, you take title to it, but the loan stays in the seller's name. So you own it, but you don't, you're not, you're, you're telling the seller that you're becoming responsible for the loan, but you don't have a liability to the loan. So if honestly, if you didn't pay, obviously you never want to do this because you can get in legal trouble. But if you didn't pay, it wouldn't necessarily affect you directly because it's not under your name. Mm -hmm. um, but obviously you're making, uh, you know, a it's your responsibility to pay it if you say you're going to do it. So, yep. And so these are some ways to finance, you know, your first re rental property, but some ways to actually find it. And we can briefly, we've, we've talked about this before when in our wholesaling episode, but you can market direct to seller uh, if you're looking to potentially wholesale in that way. If you get a deal and it doesn't work for your actual portfolio, you can wholesale it. And that just quickly means assigning the rights to that property to an end buyer and you make a, a, a fee for finding that deal. Um, that's one option, but you can cherry pick essentially these properties. So as you're marketing yourself directly to sellers, then you can choose, oh, I want to keep this one. I want to wholesale this one. I'll maybe flip this one. But the, if, if you want to build your rental portfolio, you have first dibs on those that you're actually marketing for. You can also, if you work with a real estate agent in your area and you can meet these people at local networking events, you can um, go meet a real estate agent and have access to the MLS, multiple listing service. And you can go there and that's where you can find on-market deals, but they're still good deals. Kenneth has known a lot of investors who still find deals there. You can find properties that need work, uh, fix them up, or just rent them as is. Uh, you can also, what are some other ways you can find deals for single family? For your you the bank or what are they, what are they called? Like SEO. courthouse auctions. I don't know if the, the, those are, you can try those. Those are good those are auctions. No, you, yeah, you can go to the courthouse. Yeah, um, auctions. You can drive for dollars and look in your neighborhood and see if there's any dilapidated properties in the area and see what might need work and try to reach out to the owner of that property. Yeah. You can find out what their number is. If you just want us to, we don't get into the details, but if you want us to figure out or help you figure out how to contact a certain owner of a certain property, we can explain that in another video. If you'd like, just let us know down in the comment section below. Also, now is a good time to subscribe to our channel and like the video. If and hit it. the bell notification because we're trying to put out a lot yes. of content. And that way you are notified when we release another video. Absolutely. And so just is there any other way you guys can think of before we move on to our next Driving door for knocking. dollars. Yes. Yeah, so door, door knocking. Driving for dollars. Um, a lot of calling. you network with wholesalers and meet wholesalers in your market. You can meet them at networking events. You can meet them in Facebook groups. You can on meet Instagram. them on Instagram. It's so easy to meet these people. They're, they're, they're everywhere if you know where mm -hmm. to look. And let us know if you want help finding these people. We can help you. But meeting the wholesalers, they're all day, every day, they are marketing towards homeowners. So if you don't have the time or the money, you build a relationship with them, take them out to coffee, offer them to buy them lunch, build a relationship with them. No one shows wholesalers any love. So if you yeah. do as a cash buyer, you will, be, you will stand out among the crowd. They will send you their deals. You can make awesome deals and either flip them or rent them out yourself. And if you want to build your portfolio, that's what I would do if I could go back in time and I was focused on being a flipper or a renter, or sorry, building my rental portfolio. I would just network with wholesalers. Shout out to Leika Devatha. She gave me that tip and she's awesome. Uh, now, buying a rental property in general, just some quick tips and we can touch on the market. I want you guys to expand on quick things to uh, look for in a good market, but I'm going to explain 
that you should not buy, at least in my opinion, you should not buy for appreciation. So you shouldn't buy a rental property saying, oh, it's going to go up in, in value in five years and it'll be worth more. That's the cherry on top. What you should really be focused on is a property that will cash flow. Because if the, if the economy takes a downturn and the property values go down, you know that you can still find a renter for that property and you can still rent it out and make profit every single month because you're profiting cash flow. It's, it's still cash flowing, putting money in your pocket. And then if it does go up, you know, $100,000 over the span of like 10 years, that's such a, a pro, that's a plus, you know, it's just extra, but it's not the main reason that you're actually interested in the property. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a benefit of getting into a good, a good market that's growing and the way that you determine that good market is a lot of different reasons. Um, like it could be population. It includes population growth. You want to see and make sure that there's people coming in the, in the, the, the wherever your market you're looking in. Now, one thing that I'm curious is that there are a lot of people that I know that invest in what we like to call dying markets where the population is decreasing. Um, that might be off topic, but like, why do people do that? Well, I mean, I think it, it's obviously a strong point that you want to see, but if you see, you know, some, some, I guess, companies moving in or rent increasing, then there's, it could still be a, a good, a good market. Um, but it's a risk. I don't know. Yeah. I would say it's definitely a risk. Definitely yeah. a risk. I would, I would not. I mean, I turn down any market that is dying. Because I just think there's so many dying. that are growing. I know it's harder to find deals there, but there's like, I mean, where we live, North Carolina is going crazy. Georgia's going crazy. Florida's going crazy. Uh, South Carolina, yep. even Texas. Like, oh, there's so many states that you can look in. Now, if you live in a yep. dying market, maybe move. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, so, but, so some other things is uh, the but, percentage of, of renter-occupied neighborhoods. That's yeah. also important if you're looking to buy a rental and know where the best place to have it yeah. located is. Median household income, typically mm -hmm. 40 grand or more. Yep. Like um, Kenny said, uh, declining vacancy rates. You want to make sure that there's people moving into yeah. houses there. Also, uh, uh, rising rent rates, like, like prices. Yep. L l uh, decreasing unemployment rate. Mm -hmm. um, you want to see people and jobs coming into the area. So, yep. um, job diversification, maybe making sure that there's different types of employers in that market. Um, for example, like in Detroit, something that was bad that happened there was they were really, really reliable, reliant on the audible, automobile industry. So when that tanked, the real estate market tanked there as well because people couldn't afford to pay rent because yep. they had no, no job, right? That was the main employer there. Yeah. Um, that's one thing they want to look out for as well. And another thing is the neighborhood ratings and the school ratings because uh, I'm assuming you want good residents living in these houses. And if it's like, for example, a family with kids that are going to take care of the house. And, and, you know, if they're making that median income, they're meeting that income, they're going to want to send their kids to a good school. So that just will help you dictate and determine what kind of people might be living in that area and what kind of pro uh, residents your property might be attracting. Yeah, the crime in the area, too. That's yep, something yep, that yep. you should definitely look at. Yeah. Um, and and property taxes. Property taxes is also really important. They can vary depending on where you are. And so it'll eat into your cash flow if you're not careful. Yeah. I mean, basically, like my brother said, invest, especially when you're buying a rental property, invest for cash flow. On average, every 10 years, uh, home values double. So Ten. that's every 10 years. Uh, home values will double. So if you buy 100K, 10 years, likely it'll be worth 200K in the next 10 years. So the property, but you shouldn't bank on it. But you should never bank on it. Always make sure you're cash flowing. Never, never, ever buy a property if it's negative cash flow. Do not come out of Some pocket. Some people do. Some people do. It's just our philosophy. It's against our philosophy, but we're not going to tell you what to do. Yes, yes, yes. This is not financial advice, but the reason you shouldn't is because if you're not cash flowing and something were to happen, that property is then, it, like, for example, if you lose your job, you're not able to pay that property and then you can lose it. 
that property should be able to pay for itself and then you should still make a little bit of money off of it. Yep. The reason yep. to hold it, you're you're basically getting paid to wait for it to potentially make you money. Yeah, and it's crazy because I was at a bigger pockets event, a networking event once and this woman told me that she bought a property and it was negative cash flowing. And for me, like an asset, I just have it ingrained in my mind that an asset is something that puts money in your pocket. And she was buying real estate property th- like as if it was an asset, but it was taking money out of her pocket every month. It's just crazy that like... That's therefore not defined well, as an asset anymore. It's a liability. Unless yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, it's Robert Keyes. I think like the reason that we have to explain why we think the way we think, it's because it's less risky if it's cash flowing. That's why we're trying to say that's why we do it. Now you can do whatever you want, um, but we think it's a smart idea to do it if it's cash flowing as from day one, mm. so that way you're mitigating the risk. Yes, and this is not just like, we didn't come up with these ideas. We, our mentors also agree with this. Robert Kiyosaki, Ken McElroy. 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 Ken McElroy. Sorry. Ken. You're going to get it right one day, I promise. Ken McElroy. Um, he also <laughs> agrees with that. And just a lot of smarter investors than us have, have taught us that. And so we're relaying that information to you. You do, do with it what you will. Uh, also, in general, some final tips. Invest with the long-term view. Do not invest with short-term. If you're looking to hold a property, then it's a long-term play. It should not be a short-term play. You should not expect to make 10x in a, in a year. Um, any, any other final tips? Yes. Um, open up an LLC and put it, the property in an LLC. And just because the, the reason you should do that is to protect yourself. And that way, if something were to happen and you're not getting sued directly, they tried to go through the company and then they can, they yeah. usually can't get to you. So we're not, a, we're not, the corporate we're not, yeah, yeah, we're not, like said, we're not, we're not like, attorneys by any yeah. chance, but that would be a good way of just protecting yourself and just putting another layer of protection between you and that way they're not able to sue you directly. Yeah. Talk to your attorney about that yes, for sure. How to set up the corporate structure and all yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. That's a tip though. Go to talk to your attorney because you don't want to have it in your name. That's just a great way to lose it. Lose the property. Yeah. You don't want to. Yeah, you don't want to face any problems, but yeah. it's definitely never like a, a bad thing to talk to an attorney for yes. sure. Well, that's all we got for you guys today. We hope you got value. Let us know down in the comment section below. Make sure you like and subscribe to our channel. And like Kenny said, uh, turn on the notifications so you are notified when we release another episode of the Real Estate Monopoly show. And in the meantime, Kenneth, where can they find us? You guys can find us at Donis Brothers, and that's D O N as in Nancy I S Brothers on pretty much every platform. So. TikTok, uh, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Obviously, you guys are watching us here. Um, where else? Yeah, everywhere. Pretty much, pretty much everywhere. Honestly, honestly. Group yeah. on LinkedIn. If you're on LinkedIn, but if not, no worries. You can also check out our website, www.donisinvestmentgroup.com backslash playbook. If you want to check out our five mistakes, investors make playbook. Um, it's a free download. So go check that out. And in the meantime, let's get out there and take action, guys. Make sure you go check out our, our podcast as well. Oh, yeah, Monopoly. The Real Estate Monopoly podcast. And if you're listening to it, thank you. Please subscribe yeah. and comment and, and leave, a, leave a review yeah, if you like it. Yeah, honestly, let us know how you guys like it. You know, go check it out. Listen to an episode and, you know, leave a review because, uh, yeah, we need more reviews. So yeah, hopefully thank you, you so much. Thank you guys. Much love. Have, Have a good day. day.